0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 708, A Lesson in Self-Worth, by Allie Warsdale. And I'm your narrator, Justin Malek. Happy Saturday. This is an atypical podcast, one where I narrate blogs, articles, essays, even excerpts from books sometimes that I think will help you optimize your life. Always with permission from the authors, by the way. That's very important. But today's slightly different. Every once in a while, I team up with Dr. Chris Patty at Appalachian State University, and we pick an essay to narrate from his class. It gets the students involved and adds a little more incentive. They have a chance to be heard by thousands of listeners on this show. And I'm a bit late for this round. I believe it's from summer, but I got to it, and I thought this essay was one you could definitely benefit from. So thank you to Dr. Chris Patty and Allie for doing this. I'll give you her bio at the end. So for now, let's hear her essay as we optimize your life. A Lesson in Self-Worth by Allie Warsdale. I think everyone has a moment in their life when they wish they had a reset button that could erase every embarrassment, sadness, and anxiety. For me, I wished I had a magic wand that could help me escape my body. The moment I wished I could reset was when I realized I couldn't control my eating disorder. Even though this topic is difficult for me to talk about and share openly, my struggle has been a life lesson in self-worth, and I hope it might be helpful to others dealing with similar struggles. I've never been one to simply enjoy the present. For two years, there was not a single moment where I wanted to be where I was in life. I couldn't stand to be alone with my thoughts, yet I never expressed them out loud to anyone. As is all too common, I was the creator of my own suffering. By churning this inner turmoil, I wasn't allowing myself a moment of peace or appreciation of where I was in life. I went through the motions of life without actually experiencing it. Even if I was in class or with friends or with family, I was never present. I thought about my eating disorder all day, every day. Physically, people knew I had a problem, but no one wanted to pry. They chalked it up to the fact that I ran cross-country and would say things like, oh, it's just because she's been running more miles. They'd say, her body just hasn't gotten used to the demands of being both a student and an athlete. I became the master of saving face and putting up an emotional barricade by acting like nothing was wrong. I suffered in silence until I could no longer handle the war going on inside of me. My reset button moment wasn't filled with feelings of self-compassion or thoughts about how physically I couldn't sustain such a life any longer. Instead, I thought about changing for everyone around me, not for myself. While studying during the middle of fall semester, I knew I needed to call my mother for help. When I made the call, I could hear her voice drop until she couldn't speak through her tears. I stayed dry-eyed. Telling my mother I only ate once every three days was heavy news, but I didn't think it warranted crying, not for me. My mother was expressing more compassion for me than I did for myself. The decision to be in treatment satisfied the sense of obligation I felt to my family and my friends. Just as I did before, I went through the motions of life without being present. I went to therapy, I went to the doctors, I was monitored while I ate, and all the while I was not actually taking a moment to acknowledge the progress I was making. It's caused me to not truly care about recovery and ultimately to relapse. The problem I was facing after a year of attempting recovery was that I didn't value myself, nor did I know if I actually wanted to recover. I felt occupied with both shame and fear. It wouldn't be until a few years later that I came across Brene Brown's TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability, and her comments on what shame and fear really boil down to, a lack of worthiness. I didn't think I was worth the time and money being spent on treatment for my disorder, especially because I continuously lapsed back into my old patterns. After a few more months of numerous doctor's appointments, I met with a school counselor that presented me with the most important challenge during my recovery. She said, do the things that you love that make life worth living and be selfish. When she told me about this, I thought to myself, my whole eating disorder is based on my selfishness and my dedication to what I dubbed as my eating disorder brain. But despite my endless bounty of self-hatred, I tried to do as she said. I started caring about my schoolwork again, engaging in class discussion, and pulling myself out of my own head and into the assignments I was doing. By using my daily runs as ways to value the present moment, I fell back in love with the sport I had begun to hate. I began to become the person I once was, only better. I was becoming gentle with myself. When I did the things that I loved prior to my eating disorder, I saw my worthiness as a human. I never knew the formal definition of the word meditation or what it entailed, but that's what I was doing when I would go for runs again or when I sat alone with a cup of coffee. I was appreciating, giving myself credit for taking steps to recovery. I was still making strides to get better for my family and friends, but I finally factored in myself as someone who I wanted to get better for. Would I rather wither away into nothingness by my own hands, no longer able to do the things I loved? No, I was learning to step back once in a while and tell myself, you are worthy. I am worthy. I am enough. Rather than looking at my life as something I wanted to reset altogether, I've come to look at it as something to fundamentally change in order to move forward into the future while still enjoying the present. The only person I had to prove myself worth to was myself. Even though I still struggle with cultivating self-compassion, I no longer resent myself. I no longer let myself suffer in silence or wake up wishing it were time to go to bed again. I no longer wish for a reset button. I'm grateful, I am enough, and I am worthy. And so are you. You just listened to the post titled A Lesson in Self-Worth by Allie Warsdale. All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It takes a lot of courage to publish something like this to a class that's scary enough but here on this podcast and in the online world is even scarier. So again, thank you to Allie. It's a pleasure to share. Allie Warsdale is a communication studies major and apparel design minor at Appalachian State University. She was born and raised in Long Island, New York and plans to work in PR for an environmental nonprofit organization after graduation. You can reach her at A at appstate.edu. If you don't know how to spell that, I have it on her original post at oldpodcast.com self so you can get in contact with her there. I'll leave it there for today. Thank you again to Dr. Chris, Patty, and Allie from Appalachian State University. Thank you for listening. Hope you're having a great weekend if you're listening in real time, or just a great day if you're listening sometime in the future. And I'll see you tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.